We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today's date is March 7th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Man, your hair is short. Mm, you like that? You like that little, no, it's little totally short fine. haircut? Um, Luke, I, Luke was uh, uh, debating whether or not to wear a hat for this podcast. He feels like his hair is too short. And me and Kevin are like, hey, buddy, could mm-hmm. be worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I like I like my hair to be, you know, like, you know, showing through the hat a little bit, you know, like like down the bottom. Like Jay Beebs back in the day. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they called me. And by they, I mean my mom. And that was it. So, uh, yeah. Should have shared that. Listen, I oversharing. Mm-hmm. I uh, I do wonder, Jonathan, what'd you what'd you do to lose your voice? Because you did it again I'm recently. Sick. You're just I'm sick. just sick. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, you know, filled in on the podcast last week. Him and I both got on. And we're like, yeah, we're both you know feeling kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid was sick last week, and then like Monday, I just had you know all the body aches and. All that kind of stuff. So I feel much better. It was like Monday, Tuesday, I felt like crap. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I felt fine. It's just, you know, my voice is is Mm -hmm. like totally gone. So it is what it is. Luke, we, uh, I mean, don't have a ton to talk about. Just two weeks this game. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Before we do, we've got a couple of housekeeping items. First of all, patreon.com slash the six-man show. If you've ever been sitting around and like, you know, those guys at the Six Man Show, they're just so handsome and mm. they just, you know, great voices and they just put out great content for free <laughs> all the time. I'm sure it's not free for them to put out content. How could I financially support these young, mm. strapping lads? Well, let me tell you, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash the Six Man Show is where you can find us. Uh, three separate tiers to support us. <laughs> and we shout out our patrons every week. I'm going to do my best to do that right now. Shout out Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Giulio, Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, Gabe Gaines. You guys are incredible. 
be like our patrons, folks. Find us at patreon.com slash the six man show if you would like to support us. Really quickly, I want to shout out everybody that came out Friday night to Friendly Confines in Altamont Springs at the Altamont Mall. Uh, we had a great time. Special shout out to John McCall from the Orlando Magic who came out. He's a, a ticket rep with them. And uh, Billy, I think his last name is Bunting. Billy Bunting came out as well. Gave away a signed Cole Anthony basketball. Our boy Harrison went home with that, won the raffle. So if you guys like winning signed Orlando Magic stuff, make sure you make it out to the next watch party that we have. will probably be for the, the, the draft lottery, if I had to guess. Um, was a great turnout last year, Luke. Didn't get the result we wanted, but uh, was fun nonetheless. Yep, got it covered by you know local news and and you you know you guys showed out for that event so hopefully that is uh, able to be done again as it looks like the magic will be uh getting those those uh, you know top odds so um but yeah shout out shout out y'all um uh, sorry i'm just i'm engulfed in and markel fault stuff right now i'm just trying to trying to see things you know he took his first three-pointer tonight uh okay. he took his first two Really, so he's over two right now. Um, last three games, you know, he's he's point seven attempts a game, hasn't made one yet. So, so uh, I was wondering when that first three attempt was going to come, and it, and it came tonight. Well, uh, yeah, I just think that's something that we uh, shouldn't really bank on. Um, you know, mm. moving forward is Markel Fultz's, uh, you know, three point shooting. But speaking of things that you can bank on, you can mm. bank on me bringing the weekly state of the magic mm-hmm. each Monday. Mm-hmm. So this week, folks, your Orlando Magic went one and three on the week with a one nineteen to one oh three started the week at home with a win over the Indiana Pacers, then had a one twenty two to one fourteen loss in which the Magic blew an eighteen lead eighteen point lead at home to the Pacers on Wednesday. Then the one oh three to ninety seven win in Toronto over the Raptors on Friday, and Saturday night when we're recording this, a 124-96 blowout loss in Memphis to the Grizzlies on Saturday. This week brings the Magic to a record of 16 wins, 49 losses. They have the worst record in the Eastern Conference and the worst record in the NBA, Luke. Coming into Saturday, they were 28th in offensive rating, 20th in defensive rating, 28th in overall net rating. But Luke, since January 1st, the last two months, the Magic are 13th in defensive rating. So although it does not feel like this team has come anywhere close to reaching their potential defensively in terms of locking in every night, they have been almost top 10 in defensive rating since the turn of the calendar year. Quick look at the injury report. Jonathan Isaac still out. Bull Bull is out. Markel Fultz did return this week, as you all well know. Wendell Carter has now missed the last two games with a non-COVID illness. Jalen Suggs missed his first game tonight. Um, well, in you know this most recent span, I should say, with a sprained right ankle, he was questionable. We don't know when he's going to be back. But Luke, I felt it was time to bring back one segment of the show, Ooh. and that's Tankathon. Wow! It just feels like we'll talk more about this as we get further into the show. But that's what it, it feels like the the focus is, has turned to, the, is yep. to the draft and to tanking. I'm not going to share my screen. We're just going to go ahead and fire up the Tankathon, tankathon.com, the draft lottery simulator. Right now, the Orlando Magic are tied with the Houston Rockets uh, with a 52.1% chance of ending up in the top four. 
and a 14% chance of the number one overall pick. Same for the Detroit Pistons. You all know the rules. You get one sim lottery, and you have to share your results. Luke, how are you feeling? Before I press the button, what do we think is going to happen here? Um, I, I'm just going to go worst case here. I think the Magic fall out of the top four. And you were almost correct. One, New York Knicks. Two, Oklahoma City Thunder. Three, San Antonio Spurs. Four, Orlando Magic. The five, New York Houston Knicks. Rockets. Screw you guys. All right. The jumping yeah. up to number. What do you. You guys been around for so long. You, you got how many championships? Get out of here, bro. You guys don't need to be in top. You got your chance. I, the Knicks, I don't think they have that many championships, though, if I'm not mistaken. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I said they've been around for so long. I think they've oh, got three. Oh, true. Um, yeah. Poverty. And they, yeah, they've got three total, and they've been around Poverty since franchise. forever. Yeah, agreed. Um, also, I believe, uh, let's see, hold on. So, okay. What did you say the Magic are on the week? Two and two? This week they were two and two. Two and two, okay. I probably I, said one and three, but they you, were two and two. You did, okay. That's why I was I was, I was, was double checking. But uh, yeah, um, number four, I, I mean, you still get a crack at one of the best four. It does feel like it's a four-player draft. I wouldn't be mad at, at the fourth pick. I would be very upset with the fifth or worse. But um, I, I don't know, man. It's it's crazy that we're already at this point in the season and that we're firing up Tankathon. But it's right. I mean, the, the front office is telling us, fire up Tankathon. Well, yeah, it's that time of year. And uh, we'll be sure to do that each week. I'm right there with you. Four would definitely suck. Five would be devastating, in my opinion. But yeah. We got a long way until, you know, at least a couple, I think about like two and a half months until mm-hmm. the draft lottery. So uh, we'll just kind of keep that going. And I owe one of our listeners a shout out. A couple weeks ago, you and I started talking about, you know, the the best, uh, you know, number five. And this is kind of suiting because we're saying, in our opinion, mm-hmm. the fifth pick this year would be devastating. But Jeremy King commented on that video the other week and said, the fifth picks off the top of my head, Garnett, Barkley, Pippen, Wade, Cousins, Fox, Suggs, Allen, Carter, Trey Young, Darius Garland, Kevin Love. Not all bad. Not all bad. Mm-hmm. In this draft, you know, we're still shooting for top three. But uh, that was a very astute observation by Jeremy King. So, Jeremy, thank you so much. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, Luke. This is where I'm going to need your help, buddy. Your mm. boy, I'm I'm trying my best, but I am just flat out running out of breath here. Yep. Friday night, Magic in Toronto, big win. They were Fred Van Vleetless. Mm-hmm. Okay, obviously a, a big blow to them. Uh, but Toronto Raptors, you know, still kind of right there in the thick of it in the playoff hunt, you know. Um, you know, they're still trying to win some games down the stretch here. But, I mean, the Magic pulled out the W, my friend. Let's talk about the Raptors game Friday night. Yeah, yeah. So you look at it, man. This is a game that you had to – the Magic – like for lack of better term really did grind it out like the neither team shoots above 40 percent from the field um neither uh the raptors shoot 32 percent from three magic shoot almost 30 percent from three um where the magic did kind of make up ground jonathan was in the free throw category they shoot 21 free throws to toronto 17 um the difference the magic make 95 percent. they miss one free throw uh against the raptors and they missed uh the raptors missed six out of their 17 um, free throws magic stay in it and pretty much every other category 11 turnovers for the magic which is pretty great um, all things considered you know you're you're without Dell you're without obviously Markel not playing back-to-backs Chuma 11 rebounds Cole Anthony 12 rebounds seven players in double digits this was a game that wasn't pretty on paper Jonathan but I truly think that it was uh, better product than than the numbers say the Magic on offense, moving the ball incredibly well. Um, you know, it just seemed like they were always making the extra pass. There was players being, you know, patient out there, understanding that they are down players and cannot afford to make dumb plays. And they have one of their best, you know, limiting turnovers games of the year. Um, so I, 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 there's a really great effort. Toronto would try to get back into the game, Jonathan, and the Magic just continually. You continually were just devastating Toronto by closing that door shut every time it seemed like the Raptors even tried to make a run. I think it was a, a very impressive win last night um, or on Friday, I guess, as you guys are, are listening to this on Monday. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think it was it was a really impressive win. Yeah, the Magic did a good job throughout the you know first three quarters of the game just really keeping the Raptors at a little bit more than arm's length. And then when the Raptors really decided to kind of ratchet up the pressure in the fourth quarter, the Magic, you know, young guards did a great job of handling that, I thought, with the press break. Mosley talked about that after the game, that it was a big emphasis for them, and he was really pleased with the way that they handled that. 
seven guys in double digits. Uh, you know, you got two guys with over 10 rebounds. Without Wendell, that's where I thought the Magic were really going to get beat up, but you actually out-rebound the Raptors by one, which is great. And then you got three guys with at least five assists with Franz, Cole, and Jalen. Jalen, seven assists, just two turnovers. It's a great thing to see. Yeah. And you laid it out for us. You know, the Magic win this game at the free throw line. 20 of 21 from the charity stripe. Raptors 11 of 16. Missed six free throws. The Magic win this game by six. To me, you know, that was really the difference. Every other statistical category you look at, these teams mostly basically played dead even. And, uh, yeah, the Magic get it done at the, the free throw line. And, yeah, I mean... Without Wendell, one of the your better players, uh, without Markell in this one, you know he he was he sat out this game so that he could play uh, tonight. And yeah, the Magic do just enough to get it done. It wasn't pretty, but uh, you get the W against a, a quality opponent in the Toronto Raptors. Okay, Luke. Um, do you how much do we want to talk about the Grizzlies game from tonight from Saturday night? Not much. I'd rather talk about who didn't play last night and who didn't play in the game tonight. To be honest with you. Well, let's at least touch on... We, we can touch on it, Jonathan, yes, but I just don't do. want to dwell, you know? Um, yeah, so Grizzlies win this game in blowout fashion. It never seemed close. Um, the Magic the first had a, quarter. The first quarter was close. Yes, yes, yes. The Magic yeah. led until like the final three the fi- seconds of the quarter. Yes. Tyus Jones hits a three to give yep. them like a one or two point lead. The, and largest, then it, the game was over from there. The largest lead for the Magic tonight, this tells you all you need to know, the largest lead for the Magic tonight, one point. Largest lead for the Grizzlies, thirty-two. Yeah. Um, uh, it just was. It wasn't a pleasant game whatsoever. Magic shoot very mediocre from three, thirty-one percent. Um, you have a good game in terms of kind of, and comparably, you know, comparatively in terms of turnovers, right? You have twelve turnovers, um, but the Grizzlies only had eight. Um, I mean, you just kind of looking at it, Jonathan, there really wasn't anything that, you know, sticks out besides the Grizzlies shoot 11 more free throws. You shoot a similar percentage. They shoot 50% from the field early on. The Grizzlies just like legitimately could not miss 50% is still, you know, very good. Um, they shoot 41% from three, 14 of 34. I, I just, I don't know, man, they, this, this game was, I mean, we're, we're having to see Schofield play now and Brass Dacus. You're having guys getting DNPs. It's, it's pretty unpredictable now. Well, I mean, it was the second game of a back-to-back. You know, it's you knew it was going to go bad for the Magic in that regard. Without Wendell, you're without Jalen Suggs, two of what probably our best three defenders, like best defender probably Jalen. Number two is either you know Wendell or Chuma at this point without a healthy Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. So you knew that the team was going to struggle defensively tonight. Um, and the team has struggled all year offensively. So this isn't a huge surprise of the result of this game, but you get destroyed on the glass. Um, Memphis out-rebounds the Magic 55-41. to And for the Magic only, um, you know, having only four more turnovers than the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies more than doubled up the Magic's fast break points. So that just kind of shows you where the Magic's legs were out. Memphis, young team themselves are going to get out and run. Obviously, John Morant was incredible. Um, yeah, just, you know, really not the, the, the magic's night. Let's just kind of, you know, I mean, call it like it is. And Desmond Bain shoots 66% from the field, 10 of 15 with 24 yeah. points. So when you're getting the one, two punch of, of Desmond Bain and John Morant, you pretty much can kiss that goodbye, especially if you're the magic. I mean, the, the Grizzlies, despite it being a blowout and being the huge reason, obviously that they were able to do this, 
the Grizzlies play 13 guys tonight. They empty the bench. Everybody's getting minutes left and right. Um, whereas the Magic are just playing nine guys, even you know, given a you know, obviously a DNP to Rolo and Gary Harris. Um, obviously, like you alluded to, it's a back to back. Not surprising, um, considering where we're at in this in the year, Jonathan. We're we're trying to make sure that we're keeping these L's rolling. Uh, don't want to give up anything. Uh, come so far, sadly, in this season, just losing and being good at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that and and you know. Chuma tonight kind of comes back down to earth. 0-7 from three tonight with four points in 34 minutes. I mean, he ties RJ Hampton with the most minutes. RJ Hampton, looking across the aisle, also 34 minutes. Also similarly shot terribly tonight. Uh, one of seven from the field, zero of three from three, four points, four rebounds. Um, RJ has two, two turnovers. Chuma has two turnovers, but does have five assists. Um, which was good to see that he was able to kind of facilitate tonight. Franz, six assists as well, 15, six, and five, shoot six and nine from the field. I just, and, and only plays 24 minutes. I mean, they these guys were limited due to the circumstance of the game. Fultz, um, how many how many minutes did he play in his first game, Jonathan? Was it eight? The first game, I believe it was. 16, uh, 16 right? So, somewhere around there. So, I know, um, you know, the second game Wednesday, he was limited to like 14 minutes, 58 seconds. T- like they tonight, took him out right at. Tonight was the most that he has played. Um, yeah. He played 19 minutes tonight, almost reached that 20 minute. Played the same amount of minutes as our friend Terrence Ross. Um, and he shoots, Fultz kind of, this is the first time, like the first game where I, you know, Fultz played, didn't have any, where he played and it was kind of like, wasn't awesome. Um, you know, three three assists, Two of eight from the floor. Like I said, he shoots his first threes of the season, goes over over two. Not too shocked there. Um, zero turnovers. I mean, it, it was it was uh, it was what it was with Fultz. He actually had the lowest or best plus or minus tonight. Um, he had a minus seven. Actually, sorry, Admiral Schofield had nine minutes played, minus one. Fultz minus seven. Everybody else was like minus twenty, minus seventeen, minus fifteen. So I'd say Fultz was pretty much you know. It just kind of a, a neutral factor tonight. I think it was probably the the worst or like least you know well played game that he's had so far. Well, I think this is going to be a theme with Markel um, at least the rest of the season. He's going to have really great games, and then it's just kind of characteristic of an ACL rehab when you come back where you have some great games and then you're going to have some not great games out of Markel. So we all need to temper our expectations there and be patient with him. Um, The good news is the potential for him to have those kinds of moments is still there. We've seen that obviously in the first couple of games that he's played, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, he really missed the presence of Wendell Carter tonight. Um, You know, we are, have already noticed those guys have great chemistry on the floor. So, Obviously, everybody plays better, you know, when they're on the floor with better players. And, you know, Markel Fultz is largely, you know, to this point, really been uh, um, relegated to playing with, you know, the bench unit as of right now until, you know, he starts to get more comfortable with more minutes on the floor and um, starts to get some more minutes with the starters. And I, I hope that we'll start to see that as the season goes on. But like you said, not much to dwell on, nothing that you want to dwell on from this game. Memphis Grizzlies are one of the best teams in the NBA this year. The Orlando Magic are arguably the worst team in the NBA this year. Let's just, you know, call it what it is. Call a spade a spade here. Bad team, lost to a good team. Yeah, and I did one last thing I want to point out. I want to give a shout out to Mo Wagner. I I he has I saw I think it was Jake Chapman that put it out. 
Mo Wagner of of any player on the Magic that plays at least ten minutes a game has the best offensive, uh, I believe, offensive net rating is what he said. Um, plays twenty seven minutes tonight, seventeen points, eleven rebounds, six of twelve from the field. I I really enjoy Mo Wagner. I don't I don't think that uh, I, I have no qualms with Mo Wagner, and I'm happy when he gets to play. He plays twenty seven minutes tonight, um, and and played well. I'm pulling it up right now. Gonna pull up every Orlando Magic. Uh, he does have the best offensive rating. I I guarantee you will not guess who has the second best offensive rating on the team this year. Do they actually play more than ten minutes? They don't. Okay, uh, Admiral Schofield. Ignis Brazdakis, baby. I I uh, so let's be real careful. Let's be real careful. You know, Mo averages twelve point nine minutes per game when he plays. Ignis nine point one. So. I know we're not exactly uh, comparing apples to apples here, but uh, yeah, let's just be careful with you're just saying, all right, offensive rating, best on the team. It's a great stat. And when you're right there with Diggy, maybe not, maybe not. I so, still love Mo Wagner. I love Mo Wagner. I'm not trying mm. to take anything away from Mo Wagner. But it's good context. You're Simply, right. I agree. Let's, I just want to add a little bit more context to, to that needed. statistic. Yep. We love Jake Chapman. Not trying to, I'm not throwing shade at Jake Chapman. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love me some Jake Chapman. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's not make let's not make this strange because at some point he's gonna be on the podcast. We don't want it to be awkward. Mm-hmm. All right. So, anyways, Luke, let's. That's enough for for the talk of, of the games this week. Something happened, you know, pretty interesting on Friday, and then something happened pretty interesting tonight. So Friday night against the Toronto Raptors, Terrence Ross receives a DNP, not on the injury report. Coach's decision. A coach's decision, DNP. Saturday night, Gary Harris receives a DNP, coach's decision. So we're at the point of the season now where it seems like, I don't know if it's going to be every night, and it's going to take some some more games and you know a bigger sample size to really flesh out this thesis or theory that we have. But uh, it, it's pretty interesting. What do, what do you think? I, I think that that's... Definitely pointing towards, you know, the, the tank is in full force here. Uh, another thing that I don't know what to make of it. I mean, maybe he is just this ill um, with a non-COVID related illness. But Wendell Carter Jr., like, what what are we doing? Like, if he's out again, then we got we got problems. Um, and I at that point, I'd be saying, like, I really hope it's not like a, a bad sickness. I would hope that they would tell us if it was something that was terrible. Um, but, but, you know, maybe he's just out for these couple games and he'll be back in the next one. Um, you know, I'm sure that he wasn't able to play last night, but, uh, I, I, maybe he could have suited up and, and played tonight and the team was just like, eh, for the good of the cause, let's sit Dell tonight. When the news came out that Jalen was going to be sitting with the right ankle sprain, which first of all, I'm not surprised at all. The kid hurt himself. It's like every single game. The kid's just like falling on the floor, or limping, or, or grabbing, or favoring something. Yeah, all the time. It's really, really scary. Um, so I wasn't surprised to hear that he's dealing with an injury. First of all, um, but when I heard that Jalen was going to be out and Wendell was out, first of all, I'm like, "Well, we're losing tonight." But then I was like, "How long are we going to do this?" Like, I I feel like right now it's because we are actively tanking trying to lose to get a higher draft pick. Yeah. Uh, but what happens like two or three seasons from now where we're competing 
you know, potentially for a playoff spot or, you know, you're playing for a home court advantage. Guys started getting nicked up. Are we just going to sit everybody and just we who knows when we're going to see them? Is this just how management is going to handle injuries for the rest of time? No, if if the team is good at that point, uh, Jalen Suggs does what he does his injury wise, and he's not wearing a boot tonight. <laughs> People <laughs> said he looked fine warming up before the game, but he's wearing a boot on the sideline there during the game. Yeah, it's all it's all theatrics. How it looks. Theatrics. It's the theater of the art of tanking. They've mastered it. They're so good at it, and. Um, I I mean we got seventeen I believe seventeen. It feels like satire. Games. It does. It does. It's like just teasing us too. Like yeah, Jalen's really hurt. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that ankle he's always holding it. Finally, it, the you know the straw broke the camel's back and he's he's got a boot on. Yeah. So guys, don't don't look nothing to see here. Just uh, you won't might not see him for five more games. Who knows? And then you you see him on Monday and like, you know, something in that Memphis water. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. So it man. was the craziest thing. He's like doing three sixties. <laughs> he actually tripped, got up, and his ankle was totally fine. It was He's the fine. craziest thing I've never seen anything like before. <laughs> it's just wild. Um, but yeah, it's frustrating because it like you're saying, if the team was good, if we were competitive, still had some kind of you know competitive stakes on the line. These guys would be playing right now. Like, yeah. let's just let's just call it what it is. Yeah. You know, so. But, yeah, Gary, Terrence, you know, not playing. It, it definitely feels uh, engineered. Mm. Feels It feels on purpose. Yeah. And Joel engineered tank. I so, think this is, this is kind of just the road we're going to have these last 17 games. And it's going to be frustrating. Um, you know, they, they're just trying to solidify. You know, they, they, they've been so bad all year and so young and they're starting to kind of piece it together. I don't think that that's like going above anybody's head. I got a text from my buddy the other day who like, isn't a magic fan. He, he's a Knicks fan. Shout out Danny texted in the group chat the other day. and was like, the magic are kind of good question mark. And I think it was when we were thumping the Pacers um, after we had, you know, obviously come off that win against the Pacers. We thumped the Pacers twice. But one of those games we lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that I, I do think that the Magic are are actually like piecing things together. Um, but it, it just comes down. It's to the, called Markel came back. Markel did come. We back. said it all season. Yep. And, and people thought we were, you know, you thought people would have been accusing us of witchcraft. Yeah. Well, Markel I will, comes back and the team's better. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. And just his minimal amount of playing time, I do think that he has obviously contributed. Um, Jalen had been getting, you know, coming back. Remember, obviously, we talked about that when he first came back from injury here recently, talking about how like the defensive rating has been great since the new year. I just think that there is so much coming together for this team, and it sucks because we see that and we know the potential of this team, but we're not going to get it because of everything to do with tanking. And I get it, man. Like this front office is like, we can't let a pick like a, a really good player slip through our grasp and say that like, unless we like say we tried, right? Like they don't, they, they want to just, you know, be as bad as possible, uh, get that pick. And then next year it's all, I, I think the magic have a very good shot of being one of those teams where next year, where you look back and you're like, their record was what last year? 
and now they're here. I, I think that like that is a a thing that a casual NBA fan or non Magic fan will say next year. I really do think that this team is going to have a decent record next year. I don't think that they're going to be awesome by any means, but I think that they will be fighting for you know an eight eight spot at least play in. Um, if they're able to stay healthy. And I think that that's going to put a lot of people on notice when they see it. It's going to be like, yeah, we've told you guys, we haven't been healthy. We were engineering the greatest tank of all time, sitting out guys with non-COVID-related illnesses for on you know two games in a row. Our veterans are sitting. They're not playing the same games. They're playing opposite games. It's like... You are, hey, are you playing today or am I? Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, I'm playing. All right, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just like it's frustrating, man, but it is what it is. Uh, but I do think that a lot of people are going to be surprised next year with this team. I have a hot take. Oh, boy. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let it fly. Let me, before you react, let mm. me work through this thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Process Jamal Mosley deserves to be in the coach of the year conversation. Mm. I let see me, let me work through this. Let me okay. work through this, okay? Yeah, yeah. First of all, terrible team, young team. They've been bad all year. But as everybody continues to point out, doesn't matter if this team's down by 20, 30, lost five games in a row, whatever, they continue to fight every single night. The fact that this team's morale has not snapped really at any point during the season, it's bent, but it is not broken at any point during the season, is a massive compliment to Jamal Mosley. Mm. Now, let me tell you how this conversation should go about Jamal Mosley and Coach of the Year. All the panelists or the analysts, whoever it is that votes for Coach of the Year, they get together and they start going through names. What do you guys think of Jamal Mosley? <laughs> hmm. And eh, nah. <laughs> but he deserves to be in that part of the conversation. He, he just deserves a half of a second of a thought for the way that he's held this team together. Nobody's going to argue that he should win it. But he is in the group that doesn't not deserve it, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that out there. Jamal Mosley has done a great job all season long of keeping these guys not too low when they're losing, not too high when they're winning, even keeled. The guys are learning. They're getting better throughout the season. Um, I feel very confident in saying that, obviously with Markel now, but just with a healthy Magic roster, this team is better than the, the team that we started the season with. We've seen it before, Jonathan. We saw it when Cliff took this team to the playoffs for the to break the drought, right? The year before, the team battled injury. They couldn't catch a break. The next season, the very next season, they stay healthy with practically the same roster and get the seven seed. We've seen this. Like, this is not something that's... that's uh, Jonathan Isaac was a big part of that seven seed, baby. Well, of course. They didn't play much as rookie year. Just want yeah. to throw that out there. Right. So, but but the parallel in in terms of like this team, it's not like I don't think it's out there to say that this team will be much improved next year. They can't get much worse record wise. That is. But um, and to your point, before people clown you, you know, because I'm sure there's people that are listening that just like to. You clown, think I don't know that? And they're like, oh, coach of the year. This guy's insane. I'm Jonathan. Jonathan is not saying this guy should be coach of the year. He said it in terms of. The, he is underrated in terms of what he has done for this team. I think that he has had many flaws this year that we can sit yes. here and point out. And Jonathan will tell you that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, they talked about it on the broadcast briefly at the beginning, uh, talking about Taylor Jenkins, the, the coach of Memphis. I mean, he's so new on the scene that you know the casuals probably don't even know who Taylor Jenkins is. 
Um, he was an assistant, obviously, with Atlanta, then Milwaukee. Has been in Memphis this is his third season. Um, they likened him to Mosley because they said that he is well known to be a a players coach. Like these these players love him. These players would run through a wall for Taylor Jenkins because of the relationship that he's built. The Grizzlies go thirty four and thirty nine in twenty nineteen. Uh, obviously, this was no context injury wise, whatever. Uh, twenty twenty, they go thirty eight and uh, thirty four, and you know as we see it right now, sitting at forty three and twenty one. Um, one of the best teams in the NBA right now. And it's because that the players have a coach that they've, they've bought into the process. If, if Mosley's process is good, man, I, I think that this team can really buy into it. I do think Mosley is much better than people are going to give him credit for just because of the record, but they're not, it's out of context. They don't know the injuries. Um, they don't know anything really because they just see the magic at the bottom of the league. This team is not that bad. Mosley is not that bad. And I, I, I do agree. Like, he he is, is I think that's your point, right? Is that he is just severely underrated because of the record. Um, and that's what well, I was, I was, I was part, like, trying to make a joke. So, yeah. If people took that literally. Right. Well, just know yes. you're, you're mistaken. I, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. But I was, we're, we're just trying to drive home the point that, like, yep. he has done, you know, X's and O's, debatable. But in <laughs> terms of what he has done with his young roster, I don't know how he could have done a better job this season. Yeah. That's no. and my it, two and cents. Also, I, I where I really thought you were going, Jonathan, in terms of like he should be considered for coach of the year is the fact that he has been so good at accommodating like what the front office is telling him. That Dude, he's he, just he like, should win executive of the year at this point. He's just doing he's doing everything. All right, you guys want want a guy to get a DMP, I gotcha. You're not gonna play tonight. You know, if there's and, any Head coach in the NBA that could be accused of taking that Brian Flores deal, you know, 100K a loss. <laughs> yeah. Jamal Mosey's like, I'm about it. Yeah. I'm sure. about it. You, you need us to lose tonight? Say less. Dude, me and Brian Flores, we're best friends. Uh, uh, <laughs> man. Anyways, all right, we've got a couple of voicemails. Uh, before we go ahead and wrap up the show, let's go ahead and play the first one here, Luke. Yo, what's up? This is Paul Kotler. I was born and raised in Miami, but, you know, Moved to Orlando when uh when I was a little bit older. Man, tonight was rough as a Magic fan. Uh, I gotta say it, Cole Anthony has the basketball IQ of a Finals J.R. Smith. That had to be some of the worst hero ball I've ever seen. I don't understand why we didn't put Kell in. I get that we're doing load management, but at the same time, that was just that was so disgusting to watch, and I felt gross as a Magic fan. Like, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. Hopefully this team moves forward in a better direction. But, man, Cole Anthony, I don't know about this kid as as your starting point guard anymore. He might just have to be a microwave off the bench. Not with that shot IQ, that's for sure. Okay, so Paul is referring to Wednesday's loss Pacers. against the Indiana Pacers, in which the Magic you know went into overtime and, and, and lost that game. And, yes, did not have a, a great so, uh, shot selection in that game. It was very frustrating. Um, basically, he's lucky that Mo Bamba was there to clean up that rebound and mm-hmm. um, you know tip that in and force that game into overtime. But uh, yeah, Cole Anthony's uh, shot selection at times is definitely an issue, Luke. Terrence Ross esque. Terrence Ross statistically has one of the bottom three shot selections in the entire league, mm-hmm. and yeah. the eye test confirms this season. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, you look at Cole's last four games, right? He, 
it looks fine if you look at just what like the 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 point you look at the county are. stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so fourteen five and four in the last four games, um, but shooting thirty three percent from the field um, and twenty six percent from the three point line. It's not good when your field goal percentage is seven percent away from being your three point percentage as well. Um, unless it's because they're super high and they're you're shooting a little high volume, but it's not the case with Cole. These last four games really has has been outside of like his rebounding performance um, yesterday or whatever it was Friday against Toronto. He has been very frustrating um, to to watch, and I I really hope that he breaks out of it. I don't know if it, he hasn't, you know, he's finding his role. He was kind of the hero at the beginning of the year, those first 26 games. And now it, there's other guys stepping up, and he's not one of them. And I think that he's going to have to try to find his role. And I, I don't think that, that the the person who left that voicemail, I'm, I, his name slips my mind. Paul. Paul. Uh, I think Paul has a point in terms of, like, he could just be a microwave off the bench. And I, I think that that's probably a role that Cole might not love, uh, but it's something that I think that he should at least consider in terms of a role. And I hope that the hope Mosley considers it as well. So since January first, uh, in twenty-seven games, Cole is averaging fifteen points uh, on thirty-six point nine percent shooting from the floor, thirty point eight percent shooting from the three-point line, eighty-three point eight percent from the free-throw line. 5.4 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 2.7 turnovers. Um, like just to put it very bluntly, Cole Anthony needs to be better. If Cole Anthony, who has now kind of almost become like the de facto face of the franchise this season, if Cole Anthony is going to be your starting point guard long term, um, he just has to be better. He has to be more efficient. Uh, the counting stats, you know, they're great, obviously. But the efficiency needs to be there. Looking at Franz Wagner in that same uh, you know stretch of games, 15.5 points per game, so half a point more. But he's shooting 49% from the floor, so 13 percentage points better and 7 percentage points better from the three-point line. Yeah. Franz Wagner is obviously, we all know he's a great player, but it's just been so much more consistent and uh, efficient than Cole Anthony. Does it I say how Cole, many, how many shots? Oh uh, yeah, it say how Cole's many shots averaging a, a shot and a half more. Okay, yeah. So yep. more volume, less efficient, less stats. Yeah. I mean, uh, Cole just needs to be better. Uh, I'm right there with you, Paul. I love Cole. I feel like he has a lot of potential. If he can get even 75 percent of where he was the first, you know, 25 games of the season, then we're talking about your your point guard of the future. But if he's closer to what we're seeing now, then yeah, he's probably best suited coming in off the bench. And I don't know, I don't want to speak to like his, I don't want to say his ego or anything like that, but because he kind of has become like the heart and soul of this team, kind of the face of the franchise, is that something that he would be willing to do? My feeling would be yes, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be totally shocked if the answer to that was no, Luke. Yeah, yeah, I think he might be taken aback by it, but yeah, yeah, I think you got to do it earlier in his career rather than later when it's like too late to do that, that conversation. Right. All right, we got one more voicemail here. Hey guys, my name is Ash, and I absolutely love your show. I am from Orlando myself, and my hot take is: Do you guys feel that maybe it would be a better chance, a better choice for us to tank our pick and possibly get the fourth pick, so we're forced to pick somebody that's more like AJ Griffin instead of maybe another power forward for our team? That's about it. 
So I think his name was Osh. It's either Osh or Josh. I don't know if the cell phone cut out at that point. But first of all, thank you for the support. Thank you for calling into the show. And I think what he's saying is, is it a good idea not to tank for lower odds, but to tank our odds and end up with like the fourth best odds so that we don't have to make a decision about a power forward at the top of the draft? My opinion is, at this point, you probably take best player available anyways, whoever you think the best guy is, because you're not sold that anyone on the team right now outside of maybe Franz is like a for sure all-star in the future. And uh, yeah, you just got to get as much talent as you can figure out later. Um, But all that being said, if you think a point guard is the best player in this draft, you take them at one. Or if you're confident that you can get them at three or four, you trade back and you still get them whenever. When it comes to the draft, especially you're picking high in the draft, they showed us with taking Franz Wagner at eight. Whoever your guy is, you draft your guy, Luke. Yeah, I, I think that, like I've said already, um, you've, you've come this far you know, with, with you know, the record that this team has and the odds they currently hold and where it would stand at the season end today. I think that you've got to uh, just commit to it, man, and, and draft, you know, BPA. I, I don't I don't think that you're going to be like, this isn't a fit thing. Like, you, I don't think we're that good that we're just like, uh, we could do this, but like, he wouldn't fit. I think the Magic just have to take, like, you're not going to take a worse player just because he fits better. When, like you said, it feels like Franz is... is you know, maybe the closest thing to like a sure thing, but even still, like who knows with him? Um, I hope so, but I still the point being, I don't think you can pick and like you can be too picky about your pick. You just kind of hope you get the best player that you can and plug them in and figure out the rest later. I'm right there with you, Luke. If you guys want your answer or if you want to ask us a question, uh, if you want your question answered live on the show, you can call 407. 407- 603-1189 to leave us a voicemail. That is just going to about do it. Again, want to thank everybody that showed up Friday night at Friendly Confines. Special shout out to Ben, our event coordinator, for putting everything together. Did a great job. Had a great time. And we'll be doing more of those in the future. So make sure you guys pe- keep your eyes peeled. Uh, you know, Come out and have a great time with some Magic fans and potentially win some signed memorabilia. But uh, before we go ahead and sign off, Luke, any last thoughts? Well, let's keep this tank rolling, I guess. Let's keep it rolling, my boy. All right, well, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.